0: Welcome, my name is Ankle claire Our website is cwowi.eu, Church Without Walls International. And of course, we are located in Europe, in the Netherlands. When you go to our website, you will find a lot of articles, a lot of good teaching on there in different languages, translated from John Fenn's Weekly Thoughts. But many more things, uh, uh, videos about house church. Uh, I've I've done some books about authority, who you are in Christ and uh, about righteousness and about what about women in ministry. So go to our website if you want to find more information, cwowi.eu. And you can always email me when you have some questions. Okay, today I want to talk to you about how to exercise your spiritual senses. Well, that's an exciting uh, subject, isn't it? Well, Hebrews 5, 14 speaks about it. It says that solid food belongs to those who are of full age or mature, that is, to those who, by reason of use or by practice, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. The NIV says, solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish or to recognise good from evil, the difference between right and wrong. Well, you've heard of King Solomon, didn't you? At the beginning of his reign, the Lord asked him, okay, what shall I give you? And then he answered, well, give to your servant an understanding or a hearing heart to judge your people that I may discern between good and evil. So that was very important to him. And it should be very important to us because when the Lord communicates, he is spirit, he communicates to us, to our spirit. So we have to... be. Pick up what is in our spirit, recognize it with our mind, and obey what the Lord puts in there. Okay, let's talk about spiritual senses. You all know that we have natural senses, touch, sight, hearing... Uh, smell and taste, and when you go to Luke sixteen, you will write or you will see Luke sixteen. It starts with verse nineteen. The story of two men, a rich man and a beggar named Lazar Lazarus, and it says there was a certain rich man, meaning there was not just a parable, but it was an actually story. This really happened. So there was a certain rich man. And he was, uh, uh, in, um, it says, and there was a certain beggar. He laid at the gate and desiring to be fed with the crumbs from the rich man's table. And then it says 22, so it was that the beggar died and he was carried to Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and was buried. Being in torment in Hades or in hell, he lifted up his eyes and he saw Abraham afar off. So think about it. They both died, Right. And the rich man ended up in Hades or in hell, and he lifted up his eyes and he saw, so he could still see. And then he cried, so he could still use his voice. And he said, Father Abram, have mercy on me and dip, uh, uh, please dip the tip of my finger in water, cool my finger, so he could feel. And he says, I am tormented. And then Abraham said, son, do you remember? So he could also remember how his life on earth was and what he had done or what he had not done. Okay, interesting. uh, By the way, uh, I had a person some years ago when her daughter died and people said to her, oh, no, no, she's not in heaven yet because she's in that waiting area you know and one day she will be in heaven but right now she's not there and they revert here to Luke 16 but you have to remember that this was before Jesus uh, went to the cross before he died and before he was uh, risen from the dead okay at that time so before uh, Jesus paid for the sins of men uh Abraham it says was co- uh, was in paradise or it was called Paradise was called Abraham's bosom, and it was the place where the righteous dead, so that those who were righteous and died, they were held captive there until the final sacrifice had been made, and that would allow them to go to heaven. Ephesians 4, 8 speaks about it, that Jesus ascended on high, and he led captivity captive. So when he ascended on high, when he went to heaven, you know, those who were righteous, who were held there, who were held there, uh, and waiting, actually, for their sins to be not only covered, but to their sins to be, to be uh, um, well, for the final sacrifice, I would say. So Jesus took uh, paradise, and he took the, all those who were in paradise to heaven. Uh, so it was completely taken to heaven. There's now only one holding place in the earth, and that is hell or Hades. Well, Paul uh, mentioned about himself in 2 Corinthians 12, Verse two and four that he was caught up to the third heaven to paradise. So he was caught up; he was not going down. So in Judaism, the first uh, um, heaven is the uh, is the air. Second heaven is space, and the third heaven is where God lives. So and when the rich man was in hell, okay, you you ready. you could still see and hear and feel and remember. So those were not his natural senses, but because his body had died, but his spiritual senses, because your spirit and your soul are eternal. <clears throat> wow. And you know that you have spiritual senses. I know there's been some instances, for instance, that you were invited to a friend's home at a certain point, maybe for dinner. So you rang the door at, let's say, six in the evening, six o'clock. And then the moment you open the door, you sense, wow, I think they had a big fight or something, something in the air. You know, it's something in the air that can be a weird feeling in the I think something has happened how do you know that can you feel it with your natural senses no it's something you sense with your spiritual senses or maybe you will go on youtube now and then and you hear a preacher and all those the words he says and everything he does seem right but still you have inside a feeling i don't know but there's something wrong with that guy that are your spiritual senses it says in hebrews for spiritually discerned So it means that your mind picks up something that is in your spirit, some feelings or sensations. It is not in your mind, but you're in your spirit, and your mind can pick it up. So think of it as your mind, as the middle point. And on one side, you have your spirit. On the other side, you have your body on the opposite end. And your mind can shift to your spirit, man, and what it senses. You can do that. You know, when you think about something, about a person who who need a prayer, for instance, and you pray for that person and you shift your attention to your spirit to see what the Lord has put in there. Is there a peace inside, meaning everything will be all right? Or is there like dark feeling, a, a not comfortable feeling, like, okay, this will probably end wrong, that person will maybe die or whatever? So you can shift your mind uh, and your attention uh, to your spirit. And you can also shift uh, your mind to your body and to your natural senses, and sometimes when you feel something in your spirit, your mind can argue against it. But we have to learn to agree with our spirit, because that's how where the, uh, the Father and the Lord uh, communicates to us. And it says here in Hebrews 5.14 that it's by reason of use or trial and error that we train our senses. And it's interesting, the word... Uh, exercise uh, it says that our senses are exercised. the word exercise is the greek word gymnasio so actually like in the gym right so when you go to the gym or work out in a gymnasium you don't get strong immediately it takes effort and it takes constant training that's how it is Maybe you look back to your life and think, okay, uh, there was an incident. I thought it was the Lord. Write it down, and later on you can uh, indeed uh, you know if it was true what you discern, you know, or if it was wrong. Um, There is of course an example of uh, of this in John twelve. Let's go there, Uh, Mike. Luke, John twelve, where it says that uh, Jesus says, "Father, glorify your name." Verse twenty eight. And then a voice came from heaven, a voice, right? And the voice said, I have uh, been glorified and I will glorify it again. And the people who stood by and heard said that it had thundered. So some of, there was a voice and some said it had thundered. So they recognized something. And others said, well, an angel had spoken to him. And someone knew it was not just something weird or something in the nature. It was something supernatural, maybe an angel. But John, who wrote it down, he recognized that it was the Father who spoke from heaven. And then Jesus said, well, this force, it didn't come be- uh, because of me, but for your sake. So we actually, he wanted them all to be so sensitive that they would recognize that the force came from heaven it's not just something happened i don't know what it's not you have something supernatural but you can train it and become better and better in it well some examples from my own life where i missed it and where i uh, had it right an example um Let's see, years ago we were invited to, uh, to a friend, uh, to a church meeting with our friend. Our friend was one of the leaders there. And during worship, the people on the first row, you know, the elders and so on, they always sit in the first row. The leaders stood up and in worship they raised their hand to the air. And immediately my attention, but also my husband's, Will's attention, went to one person who had his hands raised. And he was singing, so in a natural it seems like everything was okay, but we sense inside, well, something is really wrong with that person. And we perceived there was some kind of sexual sin or something. So what did we do? What did do you do? We were guests, we, and our friends who were, were leaders had no idea. So then the question is, why does the father show something to you? And not why did he not show it to their friends, to our friends? Well, later, uh, what Will and I did, we asked the father if there was indeed a sexual sin, that he would reveal it, bring it to light, what was going on uh, in it. person will also ask him to protect our friends because they had uh, young people, they had boys and they had girls in their home, children, to protect their children, but also the, the children, the people in the church, that he would not do any harm to them anymore, but that the father would reveal what was going on. And not long after that, our friends mentioned, when we were talking back and forth, that well, you know, something happened at church, quite a big scene. There was a person and he seemed to have a sexual sin and with girls and so on. And it came out, it was discovered, and he was fired from his proposition. So that was something that we recognized. We saw something in the natural, it seemed okay. But in on the inside, the Father showed us something is wrong and we discerned like there was a sexual sin, which indeed it was. Another example of of a time that I missed it, years ago we were part of a Bible school, and at that time the lessons were held in the evenings. And one day it was my uh, uh, responsibility that when everyone was gone out of the door to lock the door of the building... And then I could go home. Okay, so that evening the last person, there was an older lady, she left the building and I locked the door, went to my car and I was ready to go. It was late, it was maybe ten thirty, eleven 11 in the evening and I wanted to go home. A thought came to my mind like a suggestion. Why not wait a minute till she is to see if she is Okay. And I thought, why should I wait a minute? She walks to her bike. She's fine, right? So let's go home. So I started the car and I drove off. The next evening when I came uh, to, uh, to the Bible school again, I heard what actually happened after I drove off. Well, that lady went to her bike and she discovered that she had a flat tire. Oh, so, and she wanted to cry for help. Help me, I need help. But she saw the lights of the car dim and dim and dim. I'm laughing. Actually, it's not laughable. It was very sad. And she saw me driving away from the building and she went to walk home many, many miles in the dark all by herself. And I felt terrible. And I really, it was such a big lesson that I never forget what I did wrong. So next time, a thought comes up into my mind, I check it and I obey it. Okay, so we learn. But we learn by trial and error. And I know that the father protected her because she came home and she was fine. But we have to learn to uh, recognize it. What is in your spirit? Although your mind can struggle uh, with it. That's what I did. I struggle. And actually, I leaned over to my body to say, well, I am tired. I'm not going to do this. I go home. So... Let's say, uh, just an example, you're looking for a job and there are two positions and they both want you. And the first one has very many benefits. You think, well, that's amazing. Or, I get extra benefits, extra days off and so on. And then the other one doesn't have it. But when you think about it, the first one hmm, there is like a weird feeling. You don't know. And the second one, when you think about it, there's a peace inside of your spirit. So what do you do? Do you go with by natural wisdom or by the wisdom from above? So I you should go by the wisdom from above and take the second job and follow that what uh, what the father has provided for you so i challenge you uh, exercise your spiritual senses it's like going to the gym you have to work on it you have to be consistent uh, to constantly try to shift your attention to what's happening in your spirit you know obey it and you you will miss it and that's fine you will miss it the father knows that you will miss it and he has made provision for it but you do not learn when you do not exercise. When you are too afraid to make mistakes, you are not going to learn it. So, okay, I challenge you to train your spiritual exercise and to be aware of it. I hope it helps. If you have any questions, go to our website, i.eu. See you next time. Bye-bye.